0: put The spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45 percent. Up to 45 percent off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com rules and restrictions may apply.
1: Oh, hello, my loves. It is Bowerly on News Radio 930 and Josh Schmidt is at Master Control and uh. We have a situation that is unfolding in the United States. There is a Chinese, well, it's been called a Chinese spy balloon, and it's over Montana. Oh, and one thing we haven't mentioned yet, it's been over some sensitive military installations. That's kind of a source of concern. Usually, you expect aliens and UFOs to be over our top secret you know, places, but this time it's the Chinese. Now, I don't understand what the Chinese are doing. Because, um, knowing a little bit about this stuff, we have satellites, if they want to, they could tell the date of the coin in your hand. They could read the serial number of the dollar bill in your hand from space. That's how good they are. Now, since the Chinese rip off everything else, I'm pretty sure they have very similar spy satellite capabilities. So, what this balloon thing is... I don't know, but my first two fears were, now actually, I kind of thought, the overriding thing, what is this a test run for? For what is this a test run? An EMP attack to destroy America's electrical grid? You wipe out our electrical grid, folks, this country is over. If you wipe out the electrical grid... The country ends within minutes, because you're not going to be able to rebuild it. Not a question of uh, Kathy Hochul pre-positioning 80,000 national grid people. It's done. It would take decades to rebuild our infrastructure. That's a big concern. Now, I didn't know this, but the guy who called in earlier was right. The waning days of World War II, the Pacific Theater, Japanese were going to try to start bubonic plague epidemic in the United States. But our A-bomb uh, made that uh, obviously unnecessary because Japan conceded the loss of World War II. And, uh, you know, as as grisly and horrible as Nagasaki and Hiroshima were, I'm afraid that was the only way Jap- uh, J- Japan was going to be defeated without millions of Japanese and probably a million American soldiers dying in a land invasion. I don't like the fact that we had to drop nuclear weapons on Japan. We're the only country that's ever used them uh, in war. I don't really like that, but I think the big view of history is – Some of you listening to this show right now whose grandfathers or fathers served in the Pacific Theater or even in the European Theater, you might not be here today because they might have died invading Japan. Those people were willing to fight to the last man, woman, and child. They did it during the island hopping campaign. You saw women jumping off of cliffs because the Japanese said the Americans are going to rape you. But the reason I bring up Japan is this. Um, when you see what China is doing today, it is so reminiscent of Japan's militaristic bellicosity uh, after World War I and specifically 1931 when Japan invaded China. The province of Manchuria, called it Manchu quo, set up a puppet government. Uh, you might have heard of the Rape of Nanking, a very famous picture of a little baby. Um, amidst the ruins of, I believe it was, Nanking. And the Japanese did some really horrible things to a lot of people uh, who are their neighbors and uh, still haven't apologized in some cases to places like uh, Korea, South Korea. Uh, but in any event, Japan looks to China as a potential enemy, certainly an adversary, They've been beefing up their aircraft carrier fleet. But one of the concerns, I China has, by the way, more submarines than any other country on Earth. But uh, one of the concerns I have, for as good as our Navy may be, can it really outrace a hypersonic missile? Because I know what missiles did to some ships during the Falklands War between the U.K. and Argentina. You go back, you look up that war, you're going to see that both sides had ships go down because of missiles at tremendous loss of life. So I don't even want to think about our aircraft carriers being taken out by hypersonic missiles, which China has, Russia has, don't know where we stand on hypersonic missiles. See, you never know these things because by the time they tell us, the general public, or we the, we the people, by the time we know, um, they're already on to the next big thing. So they might already have a stockpile of them, but we just don't know about it. I don't know. Um, I haven't talked to DARPA lately. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. DARPA DARPA is where the military meets science fiction and makes the impossible come true. Uh, Let's go to Steve in Hamburg. You're on WBEN. Hello.
2: Hello, Tom. How are you? Yes, sir. Uh, Just a couple of things. Um, one thing I don't—if we ever went to war with China, it's not going to be a long war. It'll be very quick because both countries, with the way weapons and munitions are now, it's just not going to be a long thing. Over, if anything were to happen with Taiwan, and who wins? Wouldn't wouldn't be
1: good. Who 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 I wins? I don't think it'll be long. Yeah, I mean, my my question to you then is who
2: wins because that's kind of World War Three. Well, you know. I I don't think anybody's going to win except for the country that's standing on the sidelines watching. So maybe India wins or maybe Russia wins. <laughs> Believe it or not, if we were to go to war, those are probably the two winners. You know, uh, one other point you had mentioned uh, triangulation with Russia. Well, that's sort of what Trump was trying to do at the start of his administration that got completely sidelined, is to do what Nixon did with China in the 70s, to play one against off against the other, because Russia and China as allies is not a natural thing. They have a long border that they've always argued about and have shot at each other about, you know? So as as have the chinese
1: and india and india right now does a lot of technological work with the chinese government yeah uh, i mean it, it's it's the the interconnections of geopolitics are fascinating but i had brought that up before it might not be terribly tasteful but one of the things i'd be doing is i'd be working on building up a friendship with russia and understanding that Our national security is what is paramount here. And if I can increase America's national security by forging something like an alliance with Russia
2: against China, that's good for the United States. Totally agree. I mean, because we're much more of a natural ally ally to Russia than China because we don't have the border issues and considerations to deal with that the Chinese have with the Russians. Uh, One other thing I'd like to say is uh you mentioned how uh we the american people may not have the stomach to go to uh, to go to war well the japanese thought that in world war 2 and they found out the americans did have the stomach for to take the casualties and everything no and no i I've i had wish a I... lot of younger people today that serve in the
1: us military i i wish and... i could agree with you i wish i could agree with you but Uh, After two years uh, of the Pacific Theater in particular, the U.S. military put a lot of energy into PR because support for the war, especially the Pacific War, was plummeting. And that's why the guys who raised the flag on Mount Suribachi, or who supposedly did, even though only one of them did, were brought back to the United States for war bond campaigns. The administration and the War Department were very concerned about flagging support for world for uh, for the Pacific, it's it, it is incorrect to say the American people were one hundred percent down with that war from start to finish. They were not. The American no, people. I didn't
2: say that. I said that they still <laughs> supported it, and that's why those guys were brought back. You're absolutely absolutely right there. Uh, but they were also brought back because you know in 1945. You know, uh, the American people could see the end of uh, the war in Europe coming, and we were still slogging it out in Pacific Islands, and I just don't think it's going to be anything like that if we fought for Taiwan. But one thing I'll say, and that'll be it, is Taiwan means a lot more to us than just about any other country in the world with with the huge percentage of microchips and computer devices they make. Irreplaceable. All right.
1: Well, I thank you very much. I, I appreciate the call. Uh, I am not willing to see American men and women die in a war over Taiwan. I'm sorry, but um, if history's taught us anything, at least uh, relatively recent history, um, <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna go to war, you got to go to war, and you got to win the war, and you got to use every means possible to win the war. And uh, Vietnam didn't end up very well. Uh, Still a lot of very bitter Vietnam veterans uh, who made a lot of sacrifices and felt stabbed in the back by the politicians. Uh, Look at Afghanistan. That didn't end up very well. Um, Our recent history with war, geopolitically, has not been good. And, well, one of the ironies now, check this irony out. I just mentioned Vietnam. Guess who one of our biggest friends is right now against China? It's Vietnam. Vietnam the communists of Vietnam that we tried to bomb into the Stone Age during the Vietnam War, if we're not allies, we're one step away from being allies. They are considered in our court against China. They're not big fans of China. Uh, give us your take on the Chinese spy balloon hovering over Montana. What do you think this is all about, and what do we do about it? And I, you know what? I never thought— I would see a day and age in the United States of America where an adversary like China would be allowed to send a balloon over our airspace, over our territory. How did it even make Montana? How did it? Why was it not shot down before getting into the United States? Go online. You'll see our World War II fighter pilots took down a number of those 9,300 Japanese balloons that the Japanese had sent to the United States to try to start forest fires and cause mayhem and a ruckus. Our our, uh, fighter pilots took a lot of those out. It's online. You see the pictures of it. Let's go to uh, Russ in Lockport on WBEN. Russ, hello.
3: Hey, Tom, how are you doing?
1: Well, I uh, it's it's Friday, sir, and uh, your thoughts on how could one be less than stellar on Friday? Oh, yes, and cold.
3: Yes. Um, I think China is uh, testing the waters to see what our response is going to be to them invading our airspace. And our response is we're doing nothing, you know, which sends a bad signal back to them. But, you know, where is this thing headed next? You know, is it going to go over Niagara Falls? Is it going to go to the White House? Is it going to go to Disney World? You know, where's it going?
1: Super Bowl, maybe?
3: I don't know. And then, you know, if it, if it goes past the U.S. and we do nothing, is it going to head over to Europe and see how Europe responds to it? I mean, I think the Chinese are, are China's just uh, shoving it in our
4: face,
1: you know? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I cannot disagree. David Bellavia, Medal of Honor recipient, I turned him on about noon time today, and he said he was embarrassed. And I am embarrassed. He's got the military background. I do not. I'm just a common schnook, but I am embarrassed by this. I mean, this would be like in the years leading up to the uh, Second World War, okay? Uh, When Churchill was telling everybody, hey, this Hitler guy is no good. Don't trust a word he says. This would be like uh, the Germans flying a a Stuka dive bomber or a Zeppelin over England and England doing absolutely nothing.
3: Yeah, you're totally correct, Tom. And, you know, uh, we should all be embarrassed that this, you know, that this thing has invaded our airspace and our response is nothing to it. But you know, I'm concerned about where it's actually heading. Where's it heading next? We can track all these storms and this and that. Are you tell me, you they can't track where this balloon is headed
1: next. Um, that is a very good question. I'm sure that they are in consultation with the um, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration to figure out the winds aloft and its probable trajectory. Um, That wouldn't surprise me at all. Of course they're doing that.
5: Well, that's
3: the other thing. Is this thing just uh, blowing wildly in the wind, or is there some science behind where it's headed and where it's going?
1: Well, you're talking about steering capability, and I have heard nothing reliable about whether it is being controlled or whether it is uh, free-floating at 70,000 feet.
3: Yeah, there's too many unanswered questions, which is what, what we usually get. And I'm frustrated and outraged by that, too.
1: Well, uh, you know, if you have a president and, you know, I try to keep politics out of it because politics is basically you turn 50 percent of the, your potential audience off when you do a partisan political show. But um, frankly, uh, uh, this president has a lot of questions to answer. He is the commander in chief. As Democrat Harry Truman said, the buck stops here and the buck stops with Joe Biden. And it's pretty I hate to say this, but I'm not even sure that Joe Biden knows there's a balloon up there.
3: Yeah, I don't know if he's turned on his radio yet today.
1: No, I I, I don't know if his brain got turned on today. Uh, And frankly, I think the people around him, like his wife, ought to be ashamed at what they're doing to that poor old man. Uh, But anyway, I thank you very much. I appreciate the call.
3: Thank you, Tom. Have a good night.
1: You too. Uh, I I don't like saying that stuff. I I really don't. But uh, when you've got a president who... Clearly has some cognitive issues. You got to wonder what he knows. You got to wonder who's got the nuclear codes. Um, I, I I I I just gotta. That's why one of the reasons too I don't want Trump again because in my opinion he's too, he's gonna be too old. I'd rather much rather see DeSantis than, than than Trump. And I don't like the way Trump conducts himself. He he turned me off when he went after DeSantis. I'll vote for him if he's the nominee, but I'll be holding one nostril. Not gonna lie. It is uh, 28 minutes after four at News Radio 930 W B E N. Uh, it's Bauerle talking about, of all things, a Chinese balloon over Montana. If you'd have told me this last week, I'd have said, "What were the? What's the over under on that?" T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours Hello, loves. 438 at News Radio 930, WBEN, Bowerly here. Uh, just some latest developments I want to share with you from uh, CNN. Uh, Secretary of State Antony Blinken has postponed his trip to China because of the flying of a suspected Chinese spy balloon over the United States. What the Pentagon said today is that it is a Chinese surveillance balloon. It's violated U.S. airspace and international law. China had claimed it's a civilian airship for research that had deviated from course, and conveniently deviated from course over some sensitive military areas. What a coincidence. The uh, Pentagon says the balloon doesn't present a current threat. It is moving eastward, and our officials say that shooting down the balloon would be dangerous because of a um significant debris field. Okay, my BS alert is just going it's 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 going tilt right now. We don't want to shoot it down because of a significant debris field. Y'all been to Montana? <laughs> I think mean, come on. Seriously? Uh Remember the space shuttle, Columbia, that broke apart? How many people got hit by that debris? Oh, none. That's a lot bigger than this balloon. It disintegrated at, uh, what, 40 miles in the atmosphere and broke into little pieces that scattered on a wide area. Not one person was hit by any bit of the space shuttle. Not the Challenger, not the Columbia. They're gonna worry about a Chinese balloon over a very sparsely populated state. That does not pass the BS test. What I would do is I would uh, confer with all the big brains at DARPA and the Joint Chiefs and figure out a way to bring this balloon down in one piece so that our intel people can go over it with a fine-tooth comb and figure out exactly what it is. If you shoot it down and you do have a wide debris field, um... You're taking away a lot of intel on what it was. So there has to be a way to bring this thing down. Now, you can't do it with a helicopter. Helicopter has a height ceiling of roughly 25,000 feet. Okay. Maybe there's a way, and I don't know this, maybe there's a way of uh, putting enough little holes in it, maybe with lasers. Laser. Maybe enough holes with lasers that it slowly descends to earth, then you surround it with hazmat people and military people and you quarantine the area, but at least then you figure out exactly what it was what and, and what information it got. And was it something that was controlled or did it veer off course? Then, with that information, you go to the United Nations and you ask for a condemnation of the People's Republic of China, because if it's being steered, it is a willful incursion. And even if it isn't being steered, they know enough about high-altitude wind patterns to know, hey, if we launch a balloon here, send it to this altitude, it'll probably end up over Montana by Thursday. Um, (coughs) And and, (laughs) a lot of intel stuff is, is, is hidden. Uh, For, you know, for very good reason, need-to-know basis, various levels of security, clearances. I know a lot of you who listen, you've been there and you've done that. Uh, And I thank you for talking to me uh, off the air. You've helped me a lot, believe me. But anyway, I digress. Uh, But it's pretty hard to hide a balloon when you got a lot of amateur astronomers out there looking up at the sky and you got people with videos saying, what the hell is that? Is it the aliens? No, not technically. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. Let's go to Dan in Tanawanda. Dan, hello. Hey, Tom.
4: I really believe that this was a statement to the world. I think they knew uh, when they put this balloon in our airspace that we wouldn't do anything We would just sit there like puppets, like we do when they fly their their fighters close to uh, Alaska or, or when they do all the provocative things to Japan or Taiwan. We don't do anything. And Taiwan is a huge asset to us. And if we lose Taiwan and those chips, it it would be devastating. So it's time that we start bringing all our manufacturing home, especially with the chips, medicine and stuff like that. Thank
1: you. That's that's the that's the answer. Not sending our men and women to die in Taiwan. We have no treaty that says if Taiwan is attacked, we go to war with China. What we say is we'd be gravely concerned. A lot of people don't know that
4: well it's more than china you got the philippines you got you got you mentioned earlier uh vietnam but you got uh, south korea you know the reason why south korea and north korea war has never been settled is because china china will not allow it to to settle and, and say all right we we do a truce it's over with no more it's still considered a war i mean even though it's not active but they, the chinese don't want us in their backyard the south china sea is huge the, You know, they don't want us anywhere near them, and they want to control the world. And the U.N., they'd rather see China uh, uh, stronger than the U.S. I mean, for example, they don't do anything with their pollution. We do everything uh, because they're still a developing nation, even though they're they're the ones that supply us with everything. And the only thing we can hope for, if there is an all-out war with China And America, we hope that our nuclear subs—we got a lot more than them, and much better. They do have a better navy, but we have lasers. We hope that we have things up in space that'll be able to take out their satellites, things like that. But the problem is, is you got Russia and China, and they're joining forces. You got North Korea forces with China. If if say Taiwan gets invaded by China, and then North Korea, they give North Korea the uh, nod, go invade South Korea. And then you got this Ukraine thing. You could have an all-out world war. It would would be uh, terrible. You would lose a lot of lives. But we can only hope that with the Chinese stuff that we get at the stores that fall apart, the stuff doesn't last long, it's junk, we can only hope that that's how their military equipment is, too. You know, it's really not a laughing matter.
1: Well, look, no, I, what you said about bringing American manufacturing back to the United States, to me, that makes the most sense. Why do we have to be dependent on Taiwan for anything? Why do we have to be dependent on China for anything? Didn't we learn anything from the Mideast oil embargo of 1973 that you can't be dependent on other countries because they're other countries?
4: You know, the thing is, Tom, is we've been fighting—well, oh, we haven't been fighting. We have had blindfolds, but China's been fighting a war with America for many years now. And th- that fentanyl is no mistake. Trump tried to uh, have them stop sending that fentanyl over. You don't think that they know that that fentanyl is getting here, killing our young people. They're purposely doing it because they know it's going to take our young population away, and that's what they're doing. Everything they do is calculating. China is not stupid. They're 10 steps ahead of us. We're we're in the backseat drunk. We're not even paying attention to what's going on. And we better wake up because uh, these woke people out there, they're not going to have a closet to go crying. It's uh, going to be all of us involved if we don't get involved soon enough to to back uh, our military and make sure we get some uh, people that are confident to run this uh, government that we have. Because right now we got the, the circus running it. And, and it, I am fear for my kids' lives. I'm not worried. But for my kids and their their future kids, if they even have a chance to have kids because of the way our, our world's going today.
1: Well, I'll tell you one thing. One, one of the ways America could boost its uh, military, which is under 500,000 troops compared to China's standing army of 2 million trained troops, is you put old people like me into uniform. I'll I'll drive a tank. I'll I'll drive a tank. I'll fly a plane. Put me uh, probably not very well, but you know there are things that uh, those of us who are older. I mean, I would like to be able to serve the country uh, in some kind of capacity if it ever came to combat because it makes so much more sense. I've lived my life. Save the twenty-year-olds. I've lived my life.
4: I agree with you. I have no doubt in my mind, though, our special forces—if they drop that Vax vaccination crap. And they said, "All right, we need help." They they would be <laughs> lining up in droves, and we got the best special forces in the world. There's no doubt in my mind. Well, no there's there
1: are some nations that uh, I'm afraid, um, according to the military rankings on the military websites, uh, have special forces that are supposedly better than the Americans. But here's the here's the thing: the younger American they they're having recruitment issues. They didn't have recruitment issues so much after 9 11, but. They're having recruitment issues now. You can't find people who want to wrap a burrito for $25 an hour. How are you going to get somebody willing to risk his or her life for a hell of a lot less than that? Oh, yes, and the abuse of boot camp.
4: Well, that goes to our schools, our unions. Have made all our schools woke, and they're teaching all their ideology instead of teaching the basics.
1: Well, and again, and if you and if you believe that, and if you believe that, that doesn't give me a lot of hope that there'd be some mass enlistment like December 8, forty one, the day after Pearl Harbor.
4: Well, maybe we ought to start learning the Chinese if that's if we were it sounds like we're going to be doomed. But I still think we, if we had to fight the China's uh, Chinese people, unfortunately, I still think we can win it, just because I do believe we still have better technology and built much better than they can build their stuff. Look at when you get stuff at the store from it. This stuff falls apart. It doesn't last long. You get an American product, it'll last you 30, 40 years. You know? So well, there's nothing to say there.
1: Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. You, you've had a different experience than I. It seems that every manufacturer does build in, uh, build in obsolescence, um, either mechanical obsolescence uh or uh, obsolescence of uh, of uh, function. I thank you very much for the call. Yeah,
4: one last thing, Tom, one last thing. I was listening to Mike Pompeo today on, on uh, Fox and he happened to say that this would never have happened when I was in office with Trump. We would have shot the thing down or done something. This would have never happened and it didn't happen while he was in office. He did mention it and I was I was glad to hear that cuz I heard on a different station that, that that this happened for for 6 years now. I think it was actually you that said it earlier, uh, but they said that this, this never happened, Mike Pompeo. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but he's saying that never in their administration had this happened when they were there. If it did, they would have shot it out or taken care of it. This was a statement for the world to see, and we failed – we failed our resolve to take care of this hopefully they'll do something about it. Yeah, I mean though.
1: is is this Munich? Is is this 2023's version of Munich saying, "Okay, really? There's nothing to see here. This Hitler fellow, all he wants is the Sudetenland. Oh, look, he just took over the Skoda works." Um is, is it that kind of a thing? Is it a test of American resolve? And I you know what? I cannot understand for the life of me. Um I, with with we had to know that this balloon was on its way into our airspace. Why, in the name of God, did we not shoot it down? You think the Chinese wouldn't have shot ours down? Oh, they would have shot it down
4: way before even it got close to their coast. They would have had that down way earlier than you know. We we're not like the Chinese. The Chinese think about themselves, their nation. Their, they, they take pride in their nation. Unfortunately, we got a lot of people that don't take pride in America today, and that's a sad fact.
1: Well, unfortunately, uh, this country has uh, has has changed, and uh, frankly, uh, there's a lot of things I don't particularly take pride in about the United States. Uh, but I thank you very much. I appreciate your call, Dan. Um, I mean, we you know we talk a good game on freedom. We talk a good game about land of the free, and think about how free you really are. You know, they want to do away with natural gas, new builds. Really, is that freedom? Uh, force into electric vehicles, is that freedom? Uh, So you'll forgive me, I'm I'm a little less rosy-eyed and starry-eyed than I used to be. But that being said, I wish the military would turn to people of my age and older and say, hey, you can do something for us in combat, and if you get killed in combat, you had a great life. Count me in. Count me in, Coach. In uh, Tonawanda, Phil, the Chinese balloon, what do you think it is, and what do we do about it? Oh, is there a need to know? Japan probably saw it. Russia probably saw it. They showed
3: a map on TV. If it flew anywhere near the Aleutian Islands, Russians and, uh, you know, Alaska out there, uh, that's our our country. But what I don't understand is if they all saw it and nobody wanted to shoot it down, you know, what are we going to do? Sarah Palin can see stuff out of Russia out of her window. And the other thing is, your remark about Trump would have shot it down, I don't think so. He abandoned the Kurds.
1: Thank you very much. All right. Thank you for that brilliant insight and well-thought-out opinion. Um, as far as the as uh, as far as the Russians, uh, I don't know why. Uh, first of all, I didn't see the map that you're talking about, number one. Number two, uh, the Russians have shown how serious they are. Uh, they showed how serious they are about their airspace uh, over the Kamchatka Peninsula back in the early 1980s when they took down Korean Airline Flight 007. And then after killing hundreds of civilians, including an United States congressman, uh, they gave the pilot a medal for shooting down the plane. Um, so, uh, and there's the other example, too. In the Second World War, uh, and you can see this online, just the basic research, will give you the information. Our fighter pilots shot down Japanese balloons before they even crossed into our airspace. Some got through. If you send 9,300 some, uh, of something into some place, some are going to get through. Uh, there's always going to be a hole in the dike. Uh, let's go to Jay in Alden on WBEN. Hello.
5: Hi, Tom. Uh, one thing that I just may have missed uh, in the lo- this long conversation, if that thing was over Montana yesterday at 70,000 feet, it ain't over Montana anymore. Solar winds, that thing could be over Minneapolis, could be over Chicago. It's not in Montana anymore.
1: (laughs) Well, the the latest information I have is that it is still over Montana.
5: Well, Montana is a big state, but those winds at that altitude are pretty good. And, of course, we know they're west to east. I'm I'm just surprised it's not further than that.
1: Uh, well the Pentagon is tracking the balloon uh and the latest information I have still says montana
5: really thank you very much I was kind of confused that it would still be over montana given uh, oh, uh the altitude. and,
1: I, and uh, you know what I, I can't I can't disagree with you sir um I was kind of wondering the same thing boy that's got some serious staying power doesn't it that's one hell of a holding yeah. pattern. Um, yeah,
5: if it was over Texas, I could see that, because Texas, it takes you two days to drive through. Yeah, but that, Montana is, you know, it's big, but not as big as Texas.
1: <laughs> I, dude, I, I, I hear, oh, wait a minute, hold on, possible, this just came in as you're on the phone. There's now been possible reports the balloon is over Kansas. Possible reports that the balloon is now over Kansas airspace as it moves east. So it was a very propitious moment for you to call and for me to look up at the TV.
5: Well, it made a southern, southern turn there, so we'll see where it goes. All right, Tom, thanks very right, much th- for
1: your time. No, thank you kindly. I appreciate it. And I was thinking the same thing. And just as we are both thinking that, uh, the report came through about Kansas. Uh, anyway, um, it's probably just coming to pick up Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Um, Bring them to the Super Bowl. It's probably just some huge NFL publicity stunt. Uh, I'd like to wish that that was actually the case. I have a little bit of levity. But, you know, sometimes people who are your enemies, you understand that you both have mutual interests. We did it before, and so did Winston Churchill with the Soviet Union. I see no reason why we can't do it now with Putin and Russia Is it reprehensible what happened in Ukraine? Of course it is. But if I'm president of the United States, my main concern is our national security. Not Ukraine's, our national security. And if I make a determination that our national security is enhanced by aligning ourselves with Putin to put the Chinese in a position of having Eastern Front and Western Front adversaries You might contain them a little bit, and their bellicosity. And uh, let's not forget, even in the Stalin-Mao era, Russians and Chinese troops were shooting and killing each other. Uh, From time to time, they'd had flare-ups. Same thing with uh, India and China. China, back in uh, October of '62, uh, had a little incursion into
4: uh, India.
0: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone
4: 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at
1: T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month, with eligible trade-in
0: when you switch.